What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Outcast X podcast, the podcast dedicated to the Outcast of the world. We got a pretty sweet guest today, and Blake's going to kick it on over and introduce him. Yeah, we've got a really awesome guest here today. He's been a childhood best friend of mine since junior high. Uh, he's actually the one that got me into working out, really got me into the fitness industry, and really, you know, we spent a lot of time together, been through breakups together. We've We've been through so much shit together, guys. It's been, he, he's, like I said, one of my best friends. Harrison, I'm excited to have you on here today. Thanks for having me, you guys. I'm super pumped to go ahead and talk to you guys and, you know, give you a little back side of backstory of me. <laughs> exactly. I'm excited. I think you got a lot of cool stories and just a lot of experience, you know, just being a, you know, a black person here in Utah. You know, you hear it all the time. You, some people do it for clout, but like, I've never heard you've been like, I'm a black guy in Utah, but like, and how it's so, it's so much different because Utah is a, consider a white state, I guess you could say. There is a lot of white people here, you know? 100%. And, you know, junior high, we went together, I think, and high school, you're probably about one of three black guys in our whole entire junior high and high school altogether. Yeah. Like, there, like it was, that. it was, there wasn't a lot of African Americans with that went to our schools. And I've just, it never seemed like it bothered you. You know, I don't think I mean, you never showed it that it bothered you. I actually think it's awesome. Some guys take it the wrong way and they do show that, you know, uh, kind of, you know, how was that growing up in Spanish Fork, Utah? I know you're from and Highland even before that. How was it? You know, how what was your experience like with that, with that growing up as well as being adopted? You know, how what was your experience with all those things to co- kind of combine together? Um, Honestly, like. Just because, you know, like growing up, you know, black in a white family, all that stuff, I didn't really see color, you know, mm-hmm. but then uh, I told the, I've gotten told the story that my aunt told me, right? Because growing up, I have a cousin that's about a month younger than me. So we're just great friends growing up, right? And uh, we're hanging out one day and we went to his mom and we're like, hey, we got a question. She's like, okay, like, what's up? We're like, easily like six, you know, like young. And I was like, why am I black and he's white? Like, we don't understand, <laughs> you know? And uh, she sits there for a second. She's like, that's just how God made you guys. And we're like, all right. All we, right. Took, we took the answer, you know? Um, but then, you know, my, that's when my dad sent me down. He's like, so, like, you're adopted, you know, all that stuff, right? And, you know, my dad always cries whenever he tells the story. But, like, apparently when he told me like you're adopted, you know, you have your you know, your birth mom, uh, birth siblings, all that stuff. Right. And there was issues with the birth dad. So he's not even in the picture of that family either. But my dad's like, yeah, like the first thing you wanted to know was just to make sure that they were taken care of. And which is weird to me, you know, because it's like of all the questions I could have asked, right. My first thing is I wanted to make sure that they were taken care of, you know, which it's just huge. But um, honestly, growing up black, there were definitely more issues with my siblings. Mm-hmm. Um, my oldest sister, um, she actually had a kid that um, called her an N-word lover. Really? Yeah. When she was back in uh, elementary school. Um, and, you know, that was hard for her. And, you know, she talked to my parents and, you know, they got all that stuff taken care of. But like, and so that was the first real thing for anyone in my family was having to deal with that or, you know, but even, even just growing up, I'm always getting stared at. Always being, cause I do. I, I know when we go to the gym together, <laughs> yeah. we drive around. I never really noticed this until you pointed it out. We were like, people just stare. I'm like, no, they don't. And then we started driving around and you would go through a stoplight and they just like lock eyes with you the entire time. You're like, what the crap? Like, weirdest experiences i've ever had just it's like you're not used to that like i wasn't used to it but you, you you're probably used to it now but it was just something so far out of left field for me i didn't even think that was a manageable i'm like i had never done that before but the fact that people did that just blew me away oh yeah it's super normal to me and so like i just i don't don't let it bother but yeah i get stared at all the time just being out in public especially by kids mm-hmm. and i was just like i've never seen that before <laughs> which is fine because you know the same thing happened with like my niece and my nephew there's like something's not right here like i don't know so i'm just gonna just stare at him um but yeah like, so i just get constantly like looked at and stuff like that or people just like i've never met they'll specifically come up up, up to me and just be like oh like we're really glad that you're here. like I, w- I went to another ward to watch a uh 
to the confirmation of baptism. Yeah. And uh, the bishop of that ward comes up. He's like, oh, we haven't seen it around here. I'm like, of course you haven't, because he would notice <laughs> if he did or not. But, you know, starts asking me questions like, oh, where are you from? Like, all that stuff. And um, then the people are just like, like, he never does that. And I'm like, it's, it's honestly because I'm black. Like, I know that. I just don't care. And then, like... A couple weeks later, I went back to that ward for something else about it. Did the exact same thing, like and so people will just come out, uh, come out of their way just to say something. And be like, "Oh, I talked to a black guy. Like, I'm cool. <laughs> Let me see if I can, you know, I can hang with this kid." And I'm like, <laughs> "I'm like, I'm basically white. Yeah. <laughs> I grew, I grew up in a white family. Most of my cousins are white. Like, really, the only black person is like my younger sister, but." You know, like, it doesn't really uh, do anything. I remember, I, had, I think it was in high school, I can't remember who made the comment, but they always said that you're the whitest black person you'll ever meet. <laughs> Look, someone has to be. Yeah. I mean, who else is going to see Taylor Swift in the car with us, right? So, a hundred percent. I still have those videos of us, bro. Dude, I do too. So. <laughs> but no, that's, that's wild. Like, I guess in high school or in junior high for yourself, I, did they, that ever happen to you? Did everyone like point anything out because of your color? Was it pretty, I mean, most people, you were a pretty chill guy. You were very outgoing. You didn't really, really make a scene, I guess, for the most part to like try to like, Hey, I'm black, you know, but I felt like you're kind of just normal. I felt like, I mean, the first time I met you, I came back from vacation. You're like, who the hell is this guy? What's he man? You know? And you're like, like, and then I walk up right behind, like, that's my seat. You're like, oh, shoot. <laughs> but like, it, you just seem like a normal, per another person in the room. But did anyone else take it differently? Because I always thought, you know, I never saw color, for example, but it was just another, another best friend, you know? Uh, okay. I'll, I'll be honest with you guys, right? The biggest thing about being black is dating okay really this this is something i've always said and i'll stick to it every single white girl wants a mixed baby but they always end up with that white guy that works in a cubicle as an accountant <laughs> but every single one of them wants a black baby oh my gosh <laughs> and that's what she says all the time like she's like i want to adopt kids so bad because she just thinks they're so cute exactly <laughs> they all they all do okay and so and so, so, okay, so what you're saying is dating life was Amazing for you. Is that what you're telling? Oh, yeah. Dating, dating was easy. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> what a cheat code. <laughs> it, really, it really is. It really was like a massive cheat code because it's like, I can have all the personality. I can have, you know, all this stuff. You know, I can be super on, but it's like, it comes that down to it. You know, I'll walk back and it'll be like, oh, well, I got her number. And it's, it's not, wow, would you, well, I need to use her. No, it's because you're black. And I'm like, yeah. probably. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll take whatever I can get. I just, <laughs> kind of going back to that, I remember one night we had pulled an all nighter. We were playing Monopoly till four in the morning. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden, Harrison just, okay, we're pretty okay. It was, bro, it was fun. It was, you don't get guys' nights off. We don't. So we do don't. You know, we got to go big. I think it was like Fortnite. We, we'd yeah, had, we had ribs, we had brisket, we had a soda, we had a, a thing full of soda and drinks. It, it was, it was pretty, pretty fun. But then all of a sudden, Harrison just leaves at four in the morning. Like, where is he going? And to go hang out with some girls. But it was just like, okay. Like, all of us were like, that's never happened to us before. Like, But I was like, oh, this happens all the time. But yeah, I came back. At like six. I came back. So but That's crazy, dude. That's freaking wild. So for, pretty much from that standpoint, it's been, it hasn't been, because I know there's other podcasts out there that I've seen in clips that they say it's like weird. So for you, it's been pretty normal, normal for you for the most part, it sounds like. Yeah. I mean, also, you know, I'm a, I'm a big dude. Yeah. No, no one really wants to say anything to my face. That's you true. Know? Granted, and, in high school, you were, you know, a football player, had a six pack. Right. Right. And so like, you know, well, well, I hear things that people said behind my back, hundred percent, but I mean, I, I mean, people talk about people behind their back all the time. hundred percent. I mean, and, I hear things about myself that people have said, I'm like, that's not even true, but like what in the world? Right, hundred percent, and so, yeah. But for the most part, like, there's massive advantages. But I mean, there's also a bunch of like disadvantages that a lot of people actually don't see. Like, I uh, one of the biggest things is I did a summer um, in California doing summer sales, and uh, 
one thing that I had to do that no one else had to do is that when I knock on a door, I just stand further back from the door. <laughs> just really? to, yeah, to cause like so it's not as as intimidating, right? <laughs> and uh what? Yeah, no, like I'm not even kidding. And it was really sad because I knocked on one door, right? Oh, an older older gentleman opened the door. He starts crying. And I'm like, this is really weird. But he's like, I know why you're standing so far back. And I was like, oh, shoot. And he's like, please come closer. Like, I'm our, our house is not like that. And I was like, that's wow. wild. Mm-hmm. Did you get the cell? No, oh. but <laughs> I actually didn't even try. We actually had like one of the best conversations ever. He asked about like my background, my family, and he was just blown away by like all that, the different stuff. And he's like, like it's so weird to me to think that you're black and from Utah. Yeah. Like, just that alone is so weird to me. <laughs> but, and then every day, like, like clockwork, right? I had at least one cop pull up and be like, yeah, someone called and said there was a suspicious person walking in the neighborhood. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I did actually end up selling one of the cops. <laughs> so <laughs> it was nice. And then he was like, he was like, all right, anytime I get a call and they describe you, like, I'll just not send anyone. I'm like, I appreciate that. That's awesome. It's really annoying. <laughs> <laughs> or, or one time, uh, you know, we finished for the day and I'm sitting on the corner waiting for my ride and car pulls up and they're just like, um, Hey, do you need a ride? And I'm like, no, my ride's coming. They're like, okay, I'm going to wait for you because they don't like people like you in the neighborhood. What? Yeah, straight up. This is in California? Yeah, straight up. Like, people don't understand. California, where are you in? Uh, Bay Area. Oh, really? Yeah, (laughs) so uh, specifically, it was, I don't want to say Berkeley, but I know it's in California. It's someplace that starts with a B. It was very, very wealthy neighborhood, right? Um, and typically it was the more wealthy neighborhoods that that happened more frequently. Cause when I was in like the projects or like something like that, like all of them were super nice. Yeah. And that's where I actually had my most sales was in the projects, <laughs> <That's good. laughs> which was, which is super weird. Cause I was like, I don't know how you're going to pay for it. Yeah. But, but yeah. Um, the richer neighborhoods, they very much didn't like me being there. That's so wild. Yeah, so it, was, it was it was weird, and it was like the first time I ever really experienced like mm-hmm. actual like real like racism. Like, so it wasn't in Utah; it was in California, mm-hmm. of all places. Yeah, which is weird because California has a huge population yeah. of black. You people. You wouldn't think of that in California. Mm-mm. You think it'd be very normal. It'd be a normal thing out there. Mm-hmm. You go to California, you walk around. You know, when you go on the vacation, it's pretty 50 50 if not 60 40 60 you know right in california especially in the more populated areas i feel like that's just what i've noticed well depends on where you're at yeah, that's true depends where you're i mean when i was in sacramento it was the opposite but but like in the bay area yeah. place where you went to sell it was more 50 50 mm-hmm. and so that just blows my mind that that's that was the case that's where yeah. you first really experienced that yeah it was super weird it was also just very new luckily like just with how I grew up and stuff like that, I always like expected it was going to happen at some point, you know? And so I was like, for the most part, pretty prepared, but even so it's like very blindsiding. Cause mm-hmm. it's like, you live your life like completely one way. It's like, Oh, this could happen, but you know, whatever. And then when it actually this happens, it's like, wow. You're like, Holy like mm-hmm. I'm still a person. Yeah. Like, come on. That's freaking wild. <laughs> that blows me away. And so, well, I guess let's go, let's dive into sell. Like, you know, Door-to-door sales, that is kind of, we're going to shift gears here. Um, door-to-door sales, that's a that's a brutal, brutal job. Sucks. I've done it. Brick's done it. He's knocked, he's knocked doors for his business, you know. It's, knocking doors sucks. I don't, but it's it's, it's a great way to connect and to get out there. Absolutely. It really is. So what was your experience with knocking, knocking doors? What was like your hardest, your hardest challenge that you had out there? As well as like, I know you have, you... I can't remember who you sold. Someone really famous out there, but uh, Draymond Green. That's right. No yeah. <laughs> oh, wait. You sold Draymond Green. Okay. Well, not me specifically, but uh, my boss did, and so we got you to go to meet him. Yeah. That's so. That's so, awesome. Um, it was actually really funny because literally, like the next day, right. Uh, I went to a house and they were just like, you, you know, you kind of look like Draymond Green, and I was just like, don't call me. He's got like donkey teeth. Don't call me that. Like. But it's yeah. suspended right now, actually. I know. Yeah. I saw that. I was like, yo, Donkey got a chill. <laughs> Freaking put people on neck holds right now. Strawberry's <laughs> kind of a little girl, though. That's true. That's fair. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, my experience was well. 
Um, honestly, probably one of the biggest challenges was staying motivated because, you know, especially in California, it gets really hot in the summer. And so it's like every day is like 90 plus. And so walking in that every single day really sucks. And so I'm, I'm not going to lie. There were some days I was just like, you know, I'm going to go find a park and I'm just going to sit for a little bit, <laughs> just hang out. I still have the messages from when I was out there. And so there's one case like, which park are you at? I'm going to come sit with you. <laughs> but yeah, there were definitely days like that, but staying motivated because Every day I was out there. I got one of the guys I sold with. We actually started going to the gym together. And so we get up, have to be in the gym by 4 a.m. Wow. Come back, shower, get ready, have to be at team meeting by 7. Um, and then we're on the doors literally the rest of the day until about 9 p.m. You guys were doing that long days? Yeah. And that was that was five days a week. And then Saturdays, um, we were there from like 7 to about 3 not a solar, right? No, it was a pest. Pest? Who were you selling for? Terminix. Oh, Terminix? Yeah. That's wild that you were selling all day. Because I know when I was out in sales and a lot of people I've talked to, they normally start knocking right around noon. Because that's when people are start are more active in the day, out in their outside, uh, and they're, or they're home. They A lot of people schedule their stuff in the morning so they're not home mm-hmm. or they're asleep. So that, that blows me away that you guys were knocking by 8, 9 o'clock in the morning. Like, that's... Yeah. Those are long, long days. Oh, yeah, it sucks. Like, and like staying consistent through that was rough, you know, especially like, you know, because everyone has like good days and bad days, right? Those days where you're just not get like, you're going through and you're just not getting it, not getting it, but you walk through the sun, you know, the stamina is draining out of you. Everyone's posting, hey, I got a sale, I got a sale. And then you know, someone's posting, they got like six, you know, other people got like two, whatever. And I'm just like, ah, still zero. Like, <laughs> I'm so unmotivated right now. But so, then, then, then I had the, there was one day, right? I don't know what happened. I just, music was going right, right before we were going to get to the doors, get to the doors, knock on, knock on the door, sold them. And I sold every house that I knocked on until lunch. Every single one that opened the door, I sold. I was like, crap. I was like, this is a great day. <laughs> those days don't happen very often in sales. Like, no. When those happen, you're like, I must have been living right or something because this is anomaly what just happened. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, I want to keep going. Like, I don't mm-hmm. want to do lunch. Like, no, I'm not taking a break. I'm just going to keep going, you know? And so, especially because I'm like, I know there's going to be a day where I'm not getting this and I'm going to be like, no, nah, I'm done. So I'm like, I'm going to push out as many as I can because for whatever reason, I'm on it today. When you're feeling good, you do not want to stop because the moment you stop, you lose that, the mojo that you had, you know, whatever it is that you're doing right, you lose that by taking a break. And so the fact that you just kept going, that's freaking. Yeah, that was by far the best day I had. Um, it was actually really nice because, because of that, you know, I ended up have I got like rookie of the week in the entire company. Wow. I got, uh, I was one of the highest selling of the week for the entire company. Like I got a bunch of stuff that was just, it was, so it was like a great week and I'm like, oh, I'm really feeling it. Like this is a great day. <laughs> Like I'm, I'm, I'm loving this. I'm gonna do sales the rest of my life, and then you know the next day it's like I didn't get one. Like I hate this. I'm going home. <laughs> I think I think that's a that's a common thing in sales. You know, you have your you have your highs, and then you have your lows. And the hardest part with sales is just staying right in the middle. Don't make it a roller coaster because when it's a roller coaster, it, it, you're in for a huge mental ride because it's your highs are high and then your lows are like i'm i suck at this i never want to touch cells again i'm leaving it <laughs> but Absolutely. that's but on those days that you're you were getting no cells like what kept you going what kept you motivated to to keep pushing because it's a grind i mean um I, honestly something i had to learn for myself is basically like no one's coming to save you you know, if I don't make money, if I don't produce, if I don't do what I need to do, it's not going to get done. I'm going to be a bum living on the street. I'm not going to get girls. I'm not going to, you know, like not, nothing's going to come from it. And so I had to understand that if I don't do it, it's not like I'm just going to be nothing. And so I just had to keep going regardless of like whatever. And so I started out just being like, OK, I have to hit a minimum of this many this week. Once I hit that, I don't really care to keep going. So as long as I hit that, you know, I'm good. I know I'm going to be taken care of, you know, for whatever, for the week. Um, 
And so that's how I ended up just pushing it. Cause then I was just like, okay, I have like a set goal in my head. I know that I need to hit once I hit it, then, you know, if I keep going awesome, but if I don't like, it's not going to be a detriment to me. That makes sense. You haven't, if you hit that goal, you'll be, you'll be living nice. You'll living good, but you can quit at that moment. And so like, say you hit that by Wednesday, if you didn't go out for the rest of the week, you sat at the park all day. Great. You know? So exactly. that, that, I love how you set, you set that mental goal for yourself just to, to reach that. I think that's what a lot of people in sales have to do. And as well as just in life, you know, whether it's, uh, financially, whatever it might be that you're going towards, have a goal. I know me and Brick have touched this on another podcast, <clears throat> but setting goals. And once you reach that goal, if you keep going past it, great. You know, it's good to keep pushing goals, but the fact that, but if you slow down for a little bit, you enjoy it, but at the same time, but then kind of get back on the horse, like the next week, you went back to that week ago, the week, the goal for that week, you know? So that's, that's freaking badass. No, exactly. So do you, do you still do sales? No. <laughs> so have you, have you noticed like, has having experience in sales helped you with um, what you're doing now or even just through life? Like, I don't know, you want to get a Mountain Dew and they're out and you convince the girl to get you one in the back or something. I don't know. You know? <laughs> have you just noticed having a knowledge of how sales work and how to sell somebody being an advantage to you? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. As much as I, you know, hate on sales and all that stuff and like, I, I'll never go back. It's, it re gives you a really good fundamental way to look at things, you know, because, you know, whatever you end up doing, you know, you have to make sure that you're clear, concise, you can have a conversation with someone, you can understand, you know, their wants and needs and something. And then you can also be able to explain your wants and needs as well. And sales does teach you how to mm -hmm. do that whole flow, mm -hmm. you know? And I mean... In pretty much any industry, right? Whatever you do. Um, currently, I'm in uh, one of the, one of the things I'm doing right now is mental health, right? And so, being able to like de-escalate situations and have to do all that stuff, right? You kind of have to take a little bit of a sales approach to it, right? Because it's like, okay, like this is what I want, this is what you want. How are we going to get that so that we both walk away from this deal happy, right? Mm -hmm. And it's um, comes down to what's like, yeah, like you can put in this right but that's not going to be enough to be able to get the product or you know make the situation better mm -hmm. and so kind of like in any aspect of life those stuff that the stuff that i learned is very helpful also really helps that i can I'm not afraid to like start a conversation with someone i don't mm -hmm. know yeah because i did that you know for months on end um and so would you recommend people like kids are getting out of high school right now or people that are struggling to have conversations and to connect with people, would you recommend them to get to try sales, do sales for six months to a year to learn how to, to speak with other people and to communicate? I think that every person should do some type of either sales role or customer service role. Um, just because, you know, those are two industries that are going to be needed for the rest of time. Um, and, they're super important and they help people in a lot of those fundamentals, but it's also just like people don't talk to people in those roles very well. You oh, know, no, they are very ruthless. If anyone's had a customer service role, you or you've seen the videos on YouTube with the Karen screaming at the person at Walmart to have the chill, just to sit there and take it and not retaliate is so hard. Exactly. And like, it really helps with, you know, that mental fortitude that everyone, everyone needs. Mm -hmm. And so I definitely think that everyone should do like, you know, a sales role to be able to understand, like, you know, like you have to produce, like you have to be on it you have to, you know, all this stuff. And then also a customer service role just to be a good person, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, like you can definitely be a good person without it. But I just think that, you know, just in times of like stressful, like, you know, when I call in, you know, something happened, like, you know, they took out $300 from my account. I'm like, yo, I'm upset. I need to get this. I know it's not your fault, so I'm not going to take it out of you. You know, I can express how I'm feeling about the situation or whatever, but I'm not, you know, calling you, you know, like you effing suck or whatever it is. You know, I can have that conversation and, you know, I can just make it a positive experience just because, you know, I, I know what you're going through. I know it sucks for you. It sucks for me. So, you know, we're both going to suck. Like me screaming at you is just going to make me more mad and you not want to help me. Mm -hmm. I know. Because I know the times I have been in a custom service role, when someone calls me yelling, I feel bad for them that they're yelling, that they're in a bad, shitty spot. But at the same time, you're like, 
you're being an a-hole to me. I really do not want to help you out. <laughs> Dude, I put them on mute and I just kind of do my thing. And then I, they'd be like, did you hear me? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> just keep doing whatever. Like, I'm not listening to you. Like, I don't care. <laughs> this is your problem. At the end of the day, you're going to have to figure it out. I'm going home. I'm going home. My clock rings. I'm out of here. This is still your problem, not mine. <laughs> you can scream at me for the next three hours and then I'm going to hang up the phone and leave. So. <laughs> oh my gosh. I did like that you said that like, that you think that everybody should do some kind of like sales or like customer service stuff because yeah like i think that everybody should like all the kids out of high school like i think that they should at least go do summer sales for six months or you know in utah a big thing is like the lds missions like go knock on doors dude like i feel like those two things and i mean i'm sure there's other things but that's what we have experience with i feel like those are like Dude, that, that sets you up for the rest of your life, like teaches you hard work. Obviously, you can teach, you can learn hard work when you're a kid and growing up and stuff. But like once you actually apply it, that's totally different. So you can learn hard work. You learn how to handle people. Like I talk to new people every single day with like pools and all kinds of stuff. Some people are a-holes. Some people are like the nicest people you ever met. And I think it has been super helpful just to be able to like take somebody and like come to an understanding whether you have an understanding originally or not because some people suck and it's good to be able to like have that experience and to be able to to like de-escalate situations too absolutely and it's just a huge reality check you know because you think the world's one way and all this stuff right especially because you know when you you know getting out of high school you know your parents are paying for everything you know typically you don't have a huge work ethic, you know, and then getting into like, especially sales, like if you don't produce, like you're not going to eat. Yeah. You're not having income. Exactly. Well, like going somewhere new is such a reality check too. Like Utah and California is like, there's not crazy differences, but it's still so different. Like there's still a lot that can change a lot of like maturing. I think that's a, that's a big thing that I noticed with kids that go and do summer sales or missions or whatever. Like when they come back, dude, they're so much more mature than they were before. Just cause I think it's, you have to, you're forced to live life. Absolutely. So kind of going to pivot here again. I know there's, I want to touch on a few different things here with you, Harrison, while we have you for the hour, um, going to fitness. Now you have been the guy that showed me the ropes to start out with. I had no idea what I was doing. When I first walked into the gym you showed me what lifts to use, what, how it, I just followed you around, you know, I was your guinea pig, I guess you could say. Um, as well as you were like in high school, you always had like a six pack, dude, you were shredded. Uh, but then, you know, after high school, some things have changed. You didn't have that six pack anymore. I won't go into too depth about it. But then um, I was kind of working out. You're like, hey, I'm going to come work out with you. And then we started working out together again. And we were, I mean, we were there every single morning at like 5 a.m. Had the same person at VASA saying, you guys are here again. And when we missed, you'd call us out on it when you checked in. <laughs> I don't remember her name, but I, I remember her face. And she would always, if we didn't show up one morning, she'd call us out. If we showed up late, she'd be like, where were you guys three hours ago? I was expecting you, you know? <laughs> and so what, like, what was your mind? Like, there's a lot of people out there that, you know, myself included, you know, you go through a phase in your life where you're like shredded, you're, you feel like your, your physical peak is at its best, you know, you're doing really well, but then there's a shift in your mindset that kind of leads you down a different path that, you know, leads you to not having that six pack and things like that. But then there's another shift that you've had as well as most people where you shift again back and then you go get that six pack and those muscles again, kind of what's been your experience with those mind, sh mind shifts, you know? Well, honestly, not a lot of people know this, but uh, the first time, like the first, like in high school, that was like really like, you know, like shredded all that stuff and like getting the most compliments, I was actually homeless. Really? <laughs> yeah. And so what I was, I was living in, in a car <laughs> during high school. And so honestly, like my biggest stuff right then was I just going to work all the time and I'm going to go to the gym because I mostly am going to the gym so I can use the shower. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got to back up. You were homeless in high school? It's okay. John found out like a few months ago too. Yeah. What? No one re no one really knows. <laughs> there was... I know you were dating Amy at the time. Did she know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so like her dad offered me to live there and I'm like, nah, I'm going to take care of this myself. Like I, I just don't like people 
helping me with things that's I want to be. Thing. Yeah, and so <laughs> I didn't have. I didn't, okay, technically I didn't have to be homeless, but like, yeah, I was. Um, it was during the winter too. <laughs> that's what really sucked. <laughs> yeah, so. Just real quick. So what I would do is, you know, I have my blanket, my pillow, right? I turn the car on and I just like blast the heat. And so it's like, like literally to the point where I'm sweating and I turn the car off and try to go to bed as fast as I could before it got cold again. And I'd wake up. Yeah. And then, um, and so that's why I actually, where did you sleep at? Like, I did church parking lots mostly. Um, uh, actually, one time I slept in the parking lot of my work. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I did, uh, I was almost for five, six months. That long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and speechless, dude. <laughs> so, you think you know somebody? Then you find information out like this. <laughs> and so, my mentality there just was just like, you know. I don't have something going for me, so I'm going to try to excel in everything else. And so, and like, even with you, it looked like my life was really put together. It really, I, I would never have guessed you were homeless. Like, I would have, that would have been the last thing I would have thought of. Yeah, and so, like, when I was, like, in the best shape and stuff, there was something in my life that was lacking. <laughs> there was always something. Um, and then kind of, like, you know, then typically when I get out of shape would be like usually the relationship weight. When you get comfortable, you're, you, yeah. things are going good. You're not trying to, you're just coasting, if, yeah. that, if that makes sense. And then I hit a point and I'm just like, you know, I don't like, you know, having to lift up some rolls when I'm showering. <laughs> like <laughs> something's not going right. So then, you know, I get back on it. But honestly, the best time that I'm like going for is like when there's really something in my life that's going on that's really difficult i like to really channel that inside the gym so it's whether it's like i'm going through a breakup whether i'm just broke or whatever and so like you know if you see me and i'm like you know it's absolutely shredded something's wrong <laughs> so i know you're dropping a lot of weight right now so there's something wrong right now or you chilling you're just like i'm making a change no i am making a change um i my mind shit my mind <laughs> My mindset has shifted a ton over the past year, year and a half. And so just everything that I'm doing is just to better myself, better my life, make sure that I'm the best I can be in all aspects of the realm, just to make sure that, you know, I'm, the, I'm that guy, I'm that guy, you know, yeah. Any, anything that needs to be done, I can take care of it, all that stuff. That's awesome, dude. That's, I, I'm just blown away right now, dude. <laughs> So what was it like having to live in a car for six months? And you said it was during winter. Like, what, what were the challenges of that? Honestly, the biggest challenge was not being caught by the cops and them asking what I was doing. Because I don't really know how to explain that. Especially, you know, I'm in high school. So I'm like, I'm like, I don't really know what to say if you ask me. And so, you know, there's the one time I did, a uh, cop came up, knocked on the window. He was like, well... Like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I was like, oh, uh, my girlfriend lives just right over there. There was just no parking spot, so I had to park here. <laughs> and then I was just like, uh, I don't know, like, where do you live? And, like, they asked for my license and stuff like that. And, you know, it, somehow they're, like, good. And I'm like, all right, I'm just going to move to another church. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I just somehow passed that test. Oh, my gosh. Do that. So besides, you know... Having to really, you know, make sure because it's cold, blasting the heater, cops. Is there any other challenges that you had with it? Because living in the out of your car does not seem like the greatest thing in the world. No, I, uh, honestly, you'd think that like I'd be more bitter or something about it, but honestly, I don't hold any resentments about whatever. Like, I just take life as you know, like this is the situation I'm in currently. How can I make the best? out of my situation so i mean like yeah it's cold does that suck yeah but this is what i'm gonna have to deal with what's complaining gonna do about it you know i don't really have a designated shower that sucks but i'll figure it out and so i've always especially since then like i've always had the mentality of like whatever comes no matter how much it sucks i'll figure it out mm -hmm. you know and so there's not what why am i going to complain and waste you know a beautiful day on you know whatever's temporary situations going on in my life you know, like sense. at some point it's going to be fixed. And so I'm not going to wait around and be all upset and make it worse. I'm going to make the best of it. And then when I'm out of it, and it's like, all right, I got some pretty cool stories to tell people. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's pretty wild, dude. Like, that's 
I'm still just shook, dude. I don't, I really don't know what to say to that because that just blows me away. Because we hung out almost all the time during high school. <laughs> like school, outside of school, never would have thought. No. Never yeah. in a million years would have thought. Yeah, no, like pretty much no one knew. It was basically like the, it was contained to basically like my family and honestly, Canon. The reason that Cannon knew? The reason why Cannon knew is because we worked together. That that makes sense. And that was the only reason why he knew. And then all of a sudden, you know, like years go by, right? Because I'm, you know, 25 now. Like, I'm an old man. Well, oh, he feels like I'm and now, 80. And now, like, I talk about it. Like, you know, like, oh, yeah, this happened. And, like, people are closer. Like, what? And I was like. Wait, you didn't know? And they're like, no. And I was like, oops. <laughs> like, John, John, John still tells me, he's like, I'm still pissed that you didn't let me. I'm like, bro, that was like seven years ago. Like, let it go. I, I figured John would know out of anybody that we used to know in high school. Because of the because of the fact that you and John were so close. You would go to football every single day. You would, you guys literally lived together. You know, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so that blows me away. Like, you kept it that hush-hush. And then it it kind of kind of correlated back to like fitness, like the fact that you use fitness as an escape with you had things going on and you use it as an escape for a lot of things. You know, I know that when we got shredded there for a while, it was we were both going through breakups at the time and we got shredded. You oh. know, that was the first time in my life I've ever seen myself have abs. Oh, we looked good. We did. We did. We did. <laughs> I look back at myself now, I'm like, I wish I had that body at all. But I was like, I know it's not happening anytime soon. But it's just, I think for for a lot of us, we do, a lot of people use fitness as an escape for their, whatever they have going on mentally, um, you know, within their fam, within their families at home, work, they use the gym as a, a, depress, like a decompressor. That makes sense and so that's really interesting you know a lot of people don't realize that uh, did you realize that that was what's happening during those moments or was it after the fact that you realized you were using the gym and you know getting fit as a decompressor for yourself to kind of escape what was happening it was definitely after because um you know following you know dealing with all of that right now like even even now like whenever i start getting upset or anxious or like whatever like my first thought is like i'm gonna go work out mm -hmm. like like I'm not. It's not like oh, I want to go to that kitchen. I'm just gonna stuff my face. I'll make me no. I want. I want to go work out. I want to go absolutely just tear my body apart. That'll make me feel better. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know, there's worse things it could be. Yeah, <laughs> there's definitely it be, worse there's, things. It could be drugs. It could be yeah. And so that's just that's been good. And, you know, it's a healthy outlet, and so it helps me, you know, feel better. You know, eventually, and then I'm like, all right. And then I also just don't have the energy to still be upset about whatever it was because you know I'm tired. I got my workout in. I just and you just feel better with working out. And so it's like, yeah, I'm fine. Like I don't even remember what I was upset about before. <laughs> so you know, that's awesome. <laughs> that's 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 awesome because I know a lot of people are are probably looking for an outlet, you know, in life and. Uh, and you know, it's hard to go to the gym for the very first time. And has it been hard for you to go back to the gym being a, you know, having a six pack, being a bigger person, going back to the gym, has it been hard to do, or has it just been like, I'm used to this. It's just another day at the office. I mean, absolutely. It's hard, you know, cause I'm constantly comparing myself to, oh, I used to be able to do that. Or I used to be <laughs> able to do that many, or I didn't used to get this tired so quickly or like whatever it is. Right. And you know, that sucks thinking about it. And it's also just like, are people looking at me and like, oh, like he's a big kid. Or like, why is he struggling? Like, and so, you know, mentally it really sucks. But, you know, it's just like, you know, this is what it is. You know, I'm the one that made the choices of, you know, stopping for whatever reason or not doing whatever I needed to do. And so I put myself here. And so, yeah, I can complain, be upset, or I can just go home and not do it. But that's not going to move me anywhere closer to where I need to be. And so I'm just like, yeah, I'll deal with it. Cause like, even now, like I wouldn't say I'm in bad shape. I mean, I, I'm half my abs back. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But it's, it's not fully there, but I, I got like half of them back. Um, and I'm still just like, I used to still be able to do more, but, and that's just something that's always going to stick with me, even when I pass it. Right. Cause then it's, then it's, I'm going to look back and be like, well, I could have already been here if I would have just stayed on it, but 
you know, you just have to push through and just do what you don't want to do every single day. And that's kind of like the definition of being a man. You know, you wake up and you do what you don't want to do every day. And then, you know, that's when the results come. I love that. One person I've been following heavily right now is Andy Elliott. Have you heard of him? Mm -mm. So he's, he's big. He's a sales trainer. He's a sales coach. He has his own sales team. And one thing that he's really big on fitness, he says, if you're going to be on my sales team, you have to have a six pack as well as, cause he thinks if you can take, if you can take yourself serious within the fitness world and be, have a six pack, if I remember right, there's only like 1% of the world. I could be wrong on a statistic, but only like 1%. Well, let me rephrase that. There's less people. There's less people that have six pack than there are millionaires. Mm-hmm. There's more millionaires than people with six packs. Absolutely. And so he said, if you can have a six pack, you can be successful in sales as well. He's also big on, you can't cheat. You can't why you can't you have to be very self-accountable for yourself and i think that's what you're saying right there is just i love how you're you you have slipped up in the past but you're like you're taking full accountable accountability of yeah i i slipped up but you know i'm gonna take accountability and get myself back into it and so i think that's really just being a solid person in today's world is just having accountability absolutely and so i i want to jump into another section of your life here you're dating your girlfriend now. Yep. How long have you guys been dating for? Uh, it'll be three years next month. Oh my gosh. Time is going by. Yeah. That is, I know, <laughs> I can imagine. It, it may have been, a, I don't know if it's been difficult or whatnot, but she is a TikTok star, has millions of followers. Uh, how has that been dating your girlfriend? Um. <laughs> That's a great question. Um, <laughs> definitely, it was a lot different in the beginning than it is now. Um, just because, like, I mean, I don't know if I really want to use the word intimidated, but it's more of, like, the intimidation of, like, there's that many more guys hitting her up, right? And so it's, like, if I slip up or I do something, like, there's <laughs> literally a horde of dudes <laughs> ready, ready to jump in, like... um and so, like, going from, like, that mindset of just, like, ah, oh, I can't do that, I can't say that, you know, like, whatever, whatever. Um, just, you know, feeling like, you know, I'm, I'm not th- I'm not that guy. I can't yeah. I can't be doing this. Because <laughs> it's just going to be like, well, I'm going to find something that's cool with it. I'm like, yeah, I can't really argue with that. <laughs> to, you know, fast forward to, you know, last year and, you know, moving into now, right? I've been taking massive accountability with, you know, my life, getting things, you know, put together, businesses, you know, doing whole bunch of stuff, you know, like I, right now I'm working like 19 hour days. Every day. Those are long days. <laughs> yeah. But it's not like all like at work, like a lot of it's, you know, at home computer stuff, all that stuff. Right. Um, but you know, making money, doing all that stuff. And so it's like, not like she could leave, but I'm better than all the other guys yeah. she's going to find. So, I mean, like I, I'm okay with it. Now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, so it's a much different mind shift going from like, you know, like I'm not, I'm not that guy yet. And so like, I really have to compete to the point of like, I've competed, I've done, I've been doing all this stuff and I have to continue competing. Right. But I'm now in a position where it's like, realistically, you're not going to find someone that's better. Yeah. You know? And like, but like I heard this quote, it's a, from a guy named Justin Waller. And he says, a, a man that can take my girl has earned it. And so, interesting. <laughs> it also reminds me of, we went to the um, Wilmot's event up in uh, Salt Lake about a month ago. And one thing David Goggins said that, was it David Goggins? I don't know what you're going to say. Um, it may have been Goggins. So there's always somebody coming after what you have. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. And he was like, it's... yeah. And he's like, someone's coming after your job. Someone's coming after your girl. Someone's coming after your life, your lifestyle, whatever it is. So he's like, you got to be ready to take souls. You know, that's just who he is. And so that's, that's wild that you're like, you had to, you, it looks like, it feels like you had to progress in your life to keep what you have. If that makes sense. Absolutely. Whereas a lot of people to keep what they have, they have to, they usually degress. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, there's, there's another quote by another guy. Um, he says, you can't be the king unless someone's coming for your kingdom. <laughs> that's, that's wild. And so, you know, I mean, I'm not saying, you know, like I'm up there, but you know, like my goal is to be right. And, you know, always competing all that stuff. And, you know, I, I do have to compete because she has those options. Right. Yeah. So if I don't compete, 
I'm not going to even be in the running, right? Mm-hmm. Especially with, you know, social media and all that stuff makes it so much easier to date other people. Mm-hmm. So, like, you, you have to be that guy to keep your girl. So, what kind of advice would you have for somebody that maybe they feel like they want to be enough for their girlfriend or they're just in a shitty situation they just want to change their life completely you know become i don't know if you'd consider yourself this kind of like the high valued man it's kind of like a big thing on instagram right now right like it's not necessarily unless you consider yourself that whatever but like if somebody's trying to get to that point where you know like you're saying like you're the best option for your girlfriend or you know you're getting to this spot fitness wise where you want to be especially if there's because i've never been homeless or like you know if there's somebody that's in like this dark time in their life what kind of advice do you have to to give to them to kickstart them on their journey to becoming a, a better person honestly number one thing is go to the gym and get in shape kind of like we talked about how you how you said um no, you can't be on the sales team unless you have a six pack. Honestly, the way that you look is something that you can only get by willing and being able to, you know, go through the stuff, right? And so basically, like, it's a resume already. It's a physical resume of who you are. So the yeah, first like, thing, first thing is getting shaped. I never thought that. Uh, when, resume. A physical resume. Yeah, that's wow. I never thought of how you look at people. It's a physical resume yeah. that you've already, when because that's true. When you look at somebody, you already make your judgment on that person by just looking at them. Absolutely. So that would be my number one thing, you know, get in shape, you know, once, once you look good, then, you know, you gotta make sure you feel good. So, you know, get close, fit you, that compliment you, you know, look, look for the, look like the job that you want to have and then start acting like it. Right. And so like all the stuff that I have and I was able to do, I wasn't able just to do like overnight or anything like that. You know, I had to, do one of the things I really hated, which was wear nicer clothes. <laughs> I hate that. I'd rather, you know, just wear, you know, baggy, baggy sweats, you know, look mm. and look like, you know, that homeless look that I created, right? And I love it. But, you know, I had to wear nicer things, start doing things differently. And then, you know, once I started doing that, you know, I'm like, okay, I feel better. You know, people are looking at me in a different light. They don't look at me like, yo, you're a bum. It's more of like, okay, you look, you know, respectable. And then it's like that starts the conversation. It's like, okay, you're you have like these accolades, you know, you've done this stuff, you have this experience, like so you're knowledgeable, you know what you're doing. But it's honestly that first physical manifestation of making sure that you're you're looking good, then that's gonna lead you to anything else that you wanna do. And so I'd say get in shape, find whatever it is that you want to do in any realm and become the most knowledgeable person that you can. And Honestly, with those two things, that's going to take you pretty far to the point where you're at least going to be like, you know, I'm not exactly where I want to be, mm-hmm. but I can live on this. That's awesome. Yeah, I really like that. Um, I don't know how much time I have, but I wanted to, to ask you about like mental health. You said that you kind of do that. You work in that space a little bit now. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you have struggled with, with mental health as well, um, but I know that right now in this time that we live in the depression and anxiety and all that kind of stuff is on the rise for sure um what are what is your experience in that helping people or maybe your own i don't know um yeah what are your thoughts you know actually this or is how to get rid of it this is actually something that uh I talked about in my podcast like a week, week and a half, two weeks ago. Also, real quick, what's your podcast real fast? Uh, it's the United Front. <laughs> I, that was going to be our company name back then. We got out of high school. I love it. Yeah, sorry. I kind of hijacked it. <laughs> you're good. You're good. I, I didn't say nothing about it. So check them out, though. Okay, go ahead. Um. So, yeah, that's on uh, TikTok, YouTube, Rumble. Um, trying to get Instagram up. But, yeah. Um. Anyways, uh, so we talked about it. And... I don't think depression is real, right? Because I believe that you can feel depressed and that you can be in in a depressed situation, but the actual thing of depression, I don't believe in. Reason why I say that is because, you know, if you have everything going good for you, right? And you have, you know, you know, you're making good money, you know, and you doing the life that you want to do, you're not going to be depressed. You're going to be depressed for a specific amount of time, right? And so a situation means that there's an expiration date. So at some point, you're going to be out of that that depression if you're doing what you need to be doing. Whereas, you know, depression, just say, oh, you're just going to be sad for the rest of your life and you can't do anything about it. That's not true because even people that are clinically, like clinically, um, 
Yeah, people that have depression, that you know, doctors are like, yes, you actually have depression. You're not depressed every every second of your life. You're really, you're only depressed when something's going on, and then you're just like, okay, well, now I'm sad. They told me I'm depressed, so now I'm cool to just sit in it and not do anything about it, which is just going to make it worse. And then it's, well, why are you sad? Because I have depression. Well, why don't you do what you need to be doing, and then you won't be depressed anymore. So what you're saying, there's certain events and triggers that cause the depression, that makes sense? Absolutely. Like you can, you can feel depressed. Like, you know, you can get depressed. You can be depressed, you know, a couple months or two, but, um, there was a guy, I'm not going to say his name, but there was a guy, um, who got reached out to by a guy. He's like, Hey, I'm feeling depressed. I want to, you know, off myself. And he responded, he said, get a six pack and then come talk to me. Uh, a few months went by and the guy got his six pack and he came back to him. He's like, you know, honestly, like, I don't feel that way anymore because I was able to mm-hmm. do you know, the stuff that made me feel better. So like, yeah, you're going to feel depressed in, at points in life. You don't have to stay depressed. That is a choice that you choose to make and you can easily get out of it at any point as long as you're doing what you need to be doing. I, I like your take on that because it's it's, it's, it's a season, what you're saying. Absolutely. It, the depression is a season. We all go through different seasons of our lives where we have high lot moments, may have low moments of our seasons, and sometimes it's a depression season, anxiety, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And being able to just keep working on yourself because when things are going for you, you don't realize the depression. It's not really there. Absolutely. And so, but then when things start going your way, you start, I think it's, like you said, it's a mental thing. When things aren't going your way, you start to think down on yourself. Like, man, why is X, Y, Z happening? Why am I in this rut? Why am I not? Why has this business thing not taken off yet? Why has, you start looking down on why hasn't, why, why me, why, what's going on? You start thinking negative, which then cause you to be depressed. Mm-hmm. And I, I love, honestly, I never really thought about the way you, you said it because a lot of things out there say it's, once you get labeled, you have depression, you're, de- you're depressed for life, you know? I mean, like, you'd be more prone to depression, of course. Like, people are just more prone to be sad, and that's fine. But that doesn't mean that you can't combat it. Yeah. So do you think that along with, with going to the gym, because I totally agree. Um, I know that a lot of people use the gym as kind of a uh, event almost. Do you think that it also could have anything to do with – how well you take care of your body, meaning your vitamins or your hormone levels or anything like that. Do you think that it could be you're deficient in X vitamin or, you know, anything like that? Absolutely. I mean, at any point, if you're feeling like off about something, you know, it can cause, you know, like a depression because then you have that brain chemistry that's like, hey, something's off. We're going to take this as I don't feel good because you don't feel right. You're not in your homeostasis. So something's off. I don't feel right. Is it that I'm sad? I'm probably sad about something. So now I'm going to think about a situation that made me sad. Yeah, that's my cause of my issue. Like I'm just depressed about whatever's going on. So, you know, you need to make sure you're taking care of yourself, you know, as much as you can in all aspects to be able to, you know, to take care of that and so you don't have to sit on it it's definitely it's going to happen like you're going to get depressed at some point in your life and you're going to get depressed multiple times throughout your life but it's about doing what you need to be doing and then you won't stay in that depression state you know because at some point you're going to get to a point where it's like normally this would make me depressed but now i have the resources i have the whatever it is to make it that it's just it's now not so detrimental that i'm now depressed it's just an inconvenience you know like I, my, my car, my, my tire exploded this morning, Yeah, <laughs> you know, and normally it'd be like, crap, I don't know what I'm going to do, like all that stuff. But now I'm in a point where it's just like, I mean, it kind of sucks, takes a little bit of time out of my day, but you know, once it's taken care of, I'm just going to go back to doing exactly what I was doing. Like it's, it's not a huge thing anymore because I was able to do what I need to do to make sure that I can combat that situation. That makes sense. So... I just just go back to um like hormones and stuff. You get your your blood work done then, right? Yeah. Um, I know that now. Like, I got mine done about a year ago, and I'm up for another one. Dude, I'm a big time believer in the in getting your blood work done now. So I want to know <laughs> what what your experience has been with like your blood work because I noticed that when I got mine tested, there's there's typical stuff that most people are deficient in vitamin D, vitamin C. Um, typically people are deficient in that stuff. But as soon as I started taking the su- those supplements to combat it and to kind of get me into those normal ranges, I felt way better. Like, have you noticed that with, with your blood work stuff that you've done? Absolutely. So I actually grew up lactose. Um, 
I mean, and that's the point where, like, I can have dairy and stuff like that, but I don't necessarily enjoy it, or it just comes with a huge aftertaste. But so it's never my, <laughs> it's never, it's never my go-to, right? And so, like, I've never drank milk or anything like that. And so I'm, I've always been superly deficient in calcium. Um, and so once I started getting on that, you know, calcium pills that I was taking regularly, I'm like, okay, like I can feel that my body's different, you know, it, and like, clearly it was something that I needed. And that's something that now it's like, my bones are, are stronger. So it's now like, you know, I get hit or whatever, you know, like I'm going to push through it regardless, but it's not like so, so much of a detriment. And so I have to make sure that, you know, all that's going for me. So what would be your, your top three or five supplements that you would recommend for somebody, whether it's pre-workouts, protein, calcium pills, magnesium pills, whatever it is, do you have like a top five? Um, honestly, one of the biggest things, just because of the way that the world is now with all the stuff that's like in our water and like all that stuff, one of the biggest things is if you're, um, you know, if you're male, get on testosterone because you're actually losing a lot of there's a lot of issues that come with you having a low testosterone count. Um, and so I think that, you know, making sure that you're at least at a level of where it's normal for your body, that's going to be a huge thing, especially with, you know, working out and getting the gym. Testosterone is the biggest building block of getting in shape. For sure. At least figure out where you're at. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, just like if you're in a situation where it's like, you don't really like, I know a lot of people that don't like, you know, dairy and stuff like that, you know, to so make sure you're like doing a like calcium pill, magnesium is important. Like all, all of the stuff is important and you need to make sure that in that everything is at least at a normal level or else you're going to be deficient in something. Sometimes it's not going to, you're not really going to see any lasting effects or anything that's really going on. But for other people, you know, like those levels can really change throughout the day, depending on, you know, just how they are as a person. And so that can be a huge detriment. So honestly, you know, like you said, blood work is huge, but yeah, honestly, if you're, if you're a guy, I say, you know, make sure your testosterone is where it needs to be so that you can do all that stuff that you need to do. I don't like to having low testosterone really affects more than just what people think testosterone causes. It actually affects your mood, how you sleep, how you really just, how you act as a human being. Oh yeah. Your energy does not get smaller. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's honestly the biggest thing is sleep. Like it, it lowers your, your sleep quality. You know, having low testosterone can actually make it so you don't sleep well, which is something I didn't even know, you know, like two years ago. And then I learned that I was like, maybe that's why I'm sleeping kind of crappy. Like I think, and so, you know, then I, then I went in and got my blood work done for the first time. I was like, yeah. And then, you know, now it's to a point where it's like, no, nah, I can, I can sleep and I feel rested, you know, but it's also like, I sleep four hours a day. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and so, but it's like, it's like, it's four hours of quality sleep. Cause I was able to take care of my, you know, my levels and make sure that I'm where I need to be so I can have that. And now I don't need as much sleep. That's wild. Yeah. That's cool. Well, Harrison, we're coming up on time. I appreciate you coming out here today with, and chatting with us. I think this has probably been one of my favorite podcasts we've done so far. <laughs> we've had a lot of fun laughs. Um, do you have anything last thing you want to say to to people that on here, like just about your experiences in life, you know, before we? Um, honestly, just kind of my last thing is, you know, bad days are always going to happen. And so just make sure you're doing what you need to do to make sure that when those bad days do come, that you can combat whatever it is. And then also understand that, you know, don't go out of your way to make a situation worse because like I said, bad days are coming. Like you're going to be happy at something mm -hmm. like someone could die or, you know, whatever. So really appreciate the moments that you have of, you know, it's, you know, my, like I'm having a good day, you know, and also just like change the way that your mindset works instead of being like, you know, I have to fix my car. It's, I get to fix my car because mm -hmm. I'm fortunate enough to have a car, you know, and stuff like that. And so once I, for me personally, once I change that, like, oh, I have to go to work or whatever it's, I get to. And so now, you know, it's like, it still sucks, yeah. <laughs> but it's a lot, it's a lot better and it's a lot easier and it makes me feel more fulfilled because I'm doing what I need to do for, you know, my life. I really like that. I get to, not I have to. I feel like personally, I've, in the last month, I feel like I've been in I have to type mindset and just having the conversation things we've talked about today it made me realize that it's i get to a lot of people 
would kill to be where I'm at in life. It's not a, it's a, I get to, not I have to, and to, I get to go to work. I get to go make money. I get to have the things that I have in my life. It's not, I have to, because I think we get the mindset of, I have to, and we start to think, and we start thinking of, man, so-and-so has something down the street. I know me and Brick have have touched on this a ton, but it's, I get to do these things to get where I want to go. You know, if you don't do the things you, you do, things that you get to do to get where you want, you won't have, you won't have the things if you can the I haves, you won't have the things that you want in the future. Absolutely. I, I know that was probably a horrible analogy trying to tie those <laughs> things together, but um, no, I really appreciate your insights on everything you brought today, Harrison. You know, I learned more about you today than I think I learned things I didn't even know about before. And we've been <laughs> friends for over 10 years now. And so I, I really appreciate you being on here with us today. I know you'll probably be back on the podcast with us. Uh, Brick, do you have any closing remarks? Um, nope, I don't think I do. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Harrison. You're yeah. the man. Yeah, thank you guys for having me on here. I really appreciate it. Make sure you guys keep listening to Outcast X. Also, feel free to come and check out my podcast. It's the United underscore front on YouTube. Um, I think so- I know why you're having issues with Instagram because I think I still owe the, own the URL name domain to it. So you do, yes, <laughs> but <laughs> it's mine. So <laughs> I'll get that for you. Peace out, guys.